sorry I don't love you A fresh I've grown accustomed to Cause with you if something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. Before we dive into today's topic, we have a sponsor for this episode and support for this podcast comes from Justin Maybe Design today. If you're sick of your current website, think it's outdated or just it needs a facelift, anything like that, check out Justin Maybe Design. He recently helped me put together a portfolio through Squarespace and that is where he creates all of his websites and everything like that. So you know you are getting a quality product because everything is done through Squarespace. And in just a matter of hours, he was able to take my website and make it look way better than what I had going over on WordPress. So you can get full website builds, search engine optimization, and a focus on training for all clients. So if you are interested, check that out. There's no patches or plugins to ever update. You don't need to worry about making sure the website is working correctly. And Squarespace has 24-7 support. And there are always plenty of tutorials to check out too. So if you're interested in a website redesign or building your website from the ground up, check out justinmaybe.com for a full line of training resources, pricing for full builds, and a blog with tips and tricks to get the most out of your Squarespace site. And if you mention this ad, you'll get 20% off your first year of hosting. Again, that's justinmaybe.com. And it's pronounced maybe, but it is spelled M-A-B-E-E. So there will be a link to that in the show notes in case you don't catch that spelling here. So thank you so much to Justin for sponsoring this episode. But now we are going to dive into today's topic. Scott Fugger is joining me to discuss the fourth volume of Gwenpool. And the arc is titled Beyond the Fourth Wall. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? Pretty well. So I had not read any Gwenpool comics when you had messaged me about doing this one. So I quickly went through and caught up courtesy of Marvel Unlimited. So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I know about this character, but I just hadn't taken the time to dive into the comics because as you know, on Marvel Unlimited, there's always so many things that you're catching up on or trying to read. And I don't even know how many single issues I have in my library of just the beginning of a run that I want to read. It's probably like close to 100. It's a little out of hand right now. I should probably go through and be like, okay, let me delete everything and focus on these like 10 or something like that. But, (laughs) you know, what was it about Gwenpool that made you want to talk about this character? Uh, Well, I think I started reading Gwenpool. I think I came in somewhere around like the 10 issue mark. And then I've just been reading ever since um i mean initially the deadpool connection was what got me you know i love me some deadpool um but you know once it once i actually started reading it i thought it was you know it was a really interesting take on you know between the comedy um that's kind of inherent in something like this and um it was a really interesting story the way you know deadpool knows he's in a comic and so does Gwenpool. Um, that's kind of the connection between the two. Um, but the way that she is just, you know, a normal person and knows that she is the main character of a comic book and kind of uses that to her advantage, um, 
I thought led to some really cool, interesting stories. And this one was kind of my favorite out of the run. Yeah. So basically, Gwenpool is like the rest of us, just going about her daily life, reading comic books. And then suddenly she's thrown into this comic book world that she knows everything about. She knows people's secret identities and that gets her into a a lot of trouble. (laughs) And it was just one of those things where this is definitely something that is more unique as far as Marvel taking chances on some characters and everything like that. But right now we're going to dive into, like I said, Beyond the Fourth Wall. And this is where things just get really crazy with the comic. And I know you had mentioned to me when we were discussing it beforehand about how it started off a little slow for you. And then this was sort of the arc that really grabbed you. And while I did enjoy the previous arcs, I definitely agree that this is something that you can't help but focus on it in this run because it is just so different. You literally have Gwen like jumping out of panels and then just going sort of into this time stream of comic book pages, so to speak. And she's just sort of destroying the comic book format during this arc. Yeah, it's uh, super uh, self-referential and meta, um, which is something I always enjoy. Um, And, you know, it was like really unexpected too for me. You know, even like when you start reading the arc, um, she meets up with her brother from the real world um, and he kind of brings her back into the real world, or so you think. You know, even like that, I believed that, that was what had happened, you know. And then by the end of the issue, uh, you kind of realize, oh, well, maybe it's not really quite the real world because that's when she finally she starts interacting with uh, not just the Marvel Universe as it is, but the actual components of the pages. She picks up the the end sign and then drops it and smashes it and then says to be continued. So, I mean... I think just from the first issue of the arc, it's really like, okay, there's something crazy is about to happen here. Yeah, and before we dive too far into it, I do want to briefly talk about the creative team behind this because there are so many different writers and artists that sometimes you're like, wait, have I heard of this person or not? But This one is written by Christopher Hastings, and the art is by, oh, geez, I'm not even going to pronounce this right, am I? (laughs) Gurihiru? I have no idea if that is right or wrong, and I am terribly sorry if I just butchered that, but Christopher Hastings was the writer on the whole run, I believe, and the artist was switched up here and there, but I really enjoyed the work that this creative team did because you're taking things literally so far outside the box that you have to have a very specific vision for it. And when you have an artist just throwing, you know, the typical comic book format out the window with the panels and everything, because Gwen is just destroying them in the comic itself, it gives you a lot of different things to work with. And I think they did a really good job not going too far overboard with it but just keeping it wacky enough to fit in with the character and her personality yeah it's definitely really well illustrated um like i've i always like i mean my favorite uh comic book art currently is probably spider Gwen with like the crazy bright neon colors 
Um, these are kind of like similar to that. Like they're very bright. They're a little bit more a more muted palette, but um, you know, definitely a lot of the brighter colors, like her costume's pink and everything. But I think it's you know the way that they show her interacting with the pages and like when she jumps out of the book into like the space of just a bunch of pages it's like super detailed and everything and it's like you know really impressive and gives you a lot to look at and it's especially nice on Marvel Unlimited when you can zoom in on everything and really like take in all the subtle references. Yeah and you mentioned earlier the comparison between her and Deadpool and obviously she has favorite characters because like you and I she's a comic book reader so you know that's sort of how she gives herself this name and I don't know if she's quite as crazy as Deadpool can be but it's one of those things where you definitely see the similarities and you know she is struggling between doing the right thing or becoming an evil version of herself and we see that earlier on in the comic book and you're like okay this is someone who can bring us a lot of entertainment with her you know inner personal struggle here and it's one of those things where you're like okay see maybe this is how I would react if I were just thrown into a comic book universe (laughs) (laughs) for sure Uh, it's I think they actually reference at one point in the series before this uh, that she doesn't actually read Deadpool. <laughs> um, but um, I, yeah, like it's really, you know, the way it built up to this was, you know, she was just a regular person. She didn't really have any power. She just kind of picked things up here and there. Um, and then this arc is where she actually gets powers. Like it's, it really turns it on its head because now she's, instead of just being in the comics, she you know, interacts with the comic. Um, And so it kind of takes it to a whole different level and kind of makes her like an actual superhero. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And we see her sort of figuring out how people can exist in two different universes and be two completely different people too. And I think that's something that is just part of comic book history at this point with the different Earths and the different multiverses, as DC calls them. And I think incorporating that into this, too, was really nicely done. For sure. Yeah, it definitely, you know, like I feel like we keep saying it kind of like adds a whole different layer to it um, that, you know, keeps it really interesting and everything. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And since Marvel is actually rebooting a lot of their lineup, if not all of it with fresh start here. Do you think Gwenpool is a character that made enough of an imp- impact to sort of stick around? Or do you think, you know, this might be the end of the line for her character, at least for now? Because I know you mentioned in the notes and everything that this arc kind of leads you to believe, okay, you know, things are beginning to close out here and we aren't going to see quite as much of this character as maybe we had been hoping. Yeah, I definitely, I didn't notice it on the first time reading it, but now that I reread it um, with the knowledge that it was canceled, which I was really disappointed when I saw that issue 25 was the last one. Um, You know, at the end of the arc, she kind of, uh, her evil self confronts her from the future and says, you know, look at all this crazy stuff that happens. You're going to be in the comics forever. And then she's like, no, I don't want to be evil. I don't want to be do this crazy stuff. You know, it kind of pokes fun at all the like 
ridiculous out of nowhere turns that Marvel sometimes takes. Um, and, you know, you physically see all like her page count that's in front of her diminishing. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of foreshadowing for sure. But I know I'm pretty sure the comic actually the character started as just like a variant cover for one of the Deadpool uh, comics. Right. And it like that and Spider-Gwen kind of both became like fan favorites. So I'm hoping we see a lot more. And they actually just announced uh, I think it was yesterday that she's going to be part of the upcoming West Coast Avengers series. Yes, that is very true. I totally spaced on that news when <laughs> I asked you that question. But, you know, we have the 25 issues that it ran. So, you know, this story arc runs from issues 16 through 20. So there's still an entire story arc after this pretty much to wrap things up. And I, it might actually be some, a couple shorter story arcs, if I am remembering correctly. But it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, this character, maybe she doesn't get another solo book. So putting her in something like West Coast Avengers makes sense. And, you know, not every single character is going to be able to you know, hang on to those sales that Marvel wants to see, because ultimately this is a business regardless of how you or I or anyone else feels about a character. It's like if people aren't buying the single issues, Marvel isn't going to necessarily keep those characters on solo titles. And because you and I use Marvel Unlimited, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, we can be upset about it, but can we really be that upset <laughs> since we're sort of taking the easy way out with reading the comics? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I definitely could see, you know, I feel like this character is kind of ripe for, you know, little one-off stories, kind of like how they do a bunch of, like, random, like, Deadpool one-offs. Um, so I could definitely see that being a possibility. And, you know, who knows, maybe down the road she'll eventually get a solo again. But I, I definitely understand why they would uh, not continue with it for now. Yeah, and even though she calls herself Gwenpool and it's stylized much like Deadpool, her name literally is Gwenpool too, which I thought was a fun twist because when I first heard about this, I totally thought it was Gwen Stacy as, you know, like a Deadpool character almost. So to figure out that it is not Gwen Stacy and it is actually someone named Gwenpool, that was sort of a relief because we've seen, like you mentioned, Spider-Gwen, and we have all of these different versions of Gwen Stacy throughout the years, just in the Spider-Man titles and everything like that. So it's like, okay, yes, we are familiar with Gwen Stacy. We love Gwen Stacy, but I think we have enough stories with Gwen Stacy at the moment. For sure. I think it's kind of like a nice you know, tribute to the character in the name, but it, it's also you know, takes a lot of the baggage off by making it a totally new character. It would be really interesting, though, to see, like, a Spider-Man where they, where it was, like, you know, Gwen Stacy and see how she would interact, like, as, you know, part of Spider-Man's life, maybe even. <laughs> you know, before I knew anything about Gwenpool, that's kind of what I thought it was going to be. I was like, oh, how does Peter feel about this? And I, you know, I was clearly way off base there. But, you know, the fact that she appeared in a backup story in Howard the Duck kind of feels like a perfect way to really get this character out there and give her sort of this first full appearance 
in a comic book that is probably just as wacky as hers. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think probably like a year and a half ago at this point, uh, they had um, Howard the Duck with a Deadpool crossover. And that was like my first interaction with Howard the Duck. Um, And then so, you know, to kind of that I really enjoyed. And then to notice that that's how she started to was cool. (laughs) Yeah. And one of the other things I want to talk about just sort of leading up to this story arc too is the fact that she was part of Modok's little army there and she was out doing these missions with sort of these characters that you don't really know a whole lot about but it made it entertaining nonetheless and obviously you know people have probably heard of Modok at least but not necessarily the people that Gwenpool was going out on missions with and everything like that so when you first started reading this did you ever see it going in the direction it went by the time we hit this story arc no I, I definitely didn't like I said um I kind of it was just it was interesting enough to me that she was just you know a regular human with no powers kind of trying to figure out how to survive in a world with heroes and you know the kind of struggle that the personal struggle that she had between uh basically like messing up everything she tried to do and uh, which is kind of what led her to in this arc the, the future of when be evil you know I thought that was a really interesting like kind of arc like character arc you know going from like someone with no powers and figuring out how to interact with people and stuff yeah and this comic started back in 2016 so you know 25 issues isn't a bad run especially considering how many different mini series they do or sometimes you know you'll get to 12 issues and they're like oh okay we're done so to see her get at least a little bit longer of a run to sort of flesh out the character more and i think by the time we hit beyond the fourth wall it's like we really have a good understanding of who gwenpool is and what sort of hero she's trying to be even though she's clearly made plenty of mistakes along the way i think that's what makes this are quite a bit more rewarding too because you're like okay she has this albeit weird power but she has this power now and it'll be interesting to see how she uses that to sort of make things right and get back on the right track yeah for sure i mean it was kind of like everything leading up to this was kind of them putting her in these crazy situations and seeing how she reacts to them and you know that was kind of that could easily get kind of old. So I think them really making it fresh with this, where it's now totally flipping that, where she's kind of making the situation more than the situation is dictating how she reacts. Um, I think that really, you know, gave it a fresh look on things. Yeah, and I know there are some jokes that you want to talk about. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a few of your favorite ones? I think one of the ones you have on here is one that really stood out to me too. So we can talk about that one a little more in depth. For sure. So uh, one of them that I had was just um, when Terrible Eye, who was actually a character created for Gwenpool, um, her future self as Sorcerer Supreme uh, was you know, summoning a spell and she said, are you there, Hori Ghosts of Hogoth? It's me, Sarah. Which is, you know, obviously like a reference to Are you there, God? It's me, Mag? Molly? I don't I don't know what the name <laughs> is. But, you know, I, I love like, you know, little pop culture references that are kind of out of right field. <laughs> yeah. And then another one was, uh, so one of the people coming back to 
try to stop her from turning evil was uh, Miles Morales, future Spider-Man. He takes off his mask at one point and she says, he looks like the after picture of someone who just exited the presidency. Yeah, this by far was one of my favorite lines because I was like, yep, I kind of see that, you know, like back when President Obama was just starting out, you could easily make that comparison. For sure. Super timely. And, you know, that just kind of conjures a really specific image in your head, too. Um, and then the last one that kind of stood out to me was really them kind of hitting you on the head with a hammer. Um, at the end of one issue, uh, Spider-Man was falling off a cliff. And in the beginning of the next issue, Evil Gwen, you know, makes the comment that, oh, she knew it was the end of an issue. Like, eventually you'll be able to tell. And then Gwen Poole says, so it was a cliffhanger. And they're like, ha ha, it literally was a cliffhanger. And like that kind of just like dry over the top kind of stupid humor always gets me. Yeah, that was definitely a very interesting confrontation too when she is talking to herself and all of this weird stuff is happening around her and she's just like, oh, okay, we're on a cliff. This is a thing that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> is there anything else in particular that you want to mention about this story arc? We can probably speculate a little bit about West Coast Avengers and what that team dynamic is going to be like here, since it is going to be the next thing that we see Gwen pull in. Um, I I don't know. I think just like I really loved, you know, the creative angle on it, seeing the way she kind of came to terms with interacting with the comic too was really cool. You know, like she kept she was able to see the like her thought bubbles and she kept trying to grab them and then the way she ended up finally really interacting with them was by just free form thought, just like thinking really long, a whole bunch of random stuff. And then eventually it like pushed her out a window and her parents kind of thought that she was trying to hurt herself and she ended up in the hospital. And, but I just thought that was, you know, such a cool way to kind of heighten the stakes. Um, you know, it wasn't like, you know, as soon as she noticed stuff, she could do it. It was kind of like building up, the power to eventually show what like the evil one was t capable of. Yeah, I definitely love the moments too where she was just trying to sort of figure out what was happening and why it was happening. And you almost see the wheels turning in her head while she's trying to figure this out. And like you mentioned, trying to grab the word bubbles and everything like that is just hilarious in itself because it's like nope you can't really do that but then she kind of can so it's like all right yeah you know what go for it <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we talk a little bit about the west coast avengers and like you said this was just announced and while gwenpool probably isn't going to be the head of the team anytime soon we've seen how that goes in her own run but you have kate bishop and you have, you know, the regular Hawkeye. So you have two Hawkeyes here in Kate Bishop and Clint Barton. And then you have Quentin Choir, who is from the X-Men. You have Gwenpool and you have America Ch Chavez. And then you have Kate Bishop's non-powered boyfriend, Johnny. I am a little behind on my Hawkeye comics, so I honestly have no idea who he is, but it sounds like having a non-powered person on the team might 
give them some problems, you know, since they are supposed to be the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what they carry over from this Gwenpool, you know, because like we were saying originally, she didn't have any powers, but are they going to carry over the fact that she can literally like change time um, and like interact with the comics themselves? Like it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of works out and how that affects, you know, the, the team dynamic. Yeah, and it does literally describe Gwenpool as fourth wall breaking. So I'm hoping that we do get to see some of that because what they showed with this Beyond the Fourth Wall story arc is definitely something that I don't think in West Coast Avengers they should necessarily use it like every issue or anything like that. But you can use it at these crucial moments that just, you know, make the comic go to this other level and this isn't the first time there has been a west coast avengers comic there was actually an older miniseries back in 1984 which i do believe i ended up reading at some point on marvel unlimited so it's a much different team with this new series here and obviously because characters like kate bishop's hawkeye and gwenpool did not exist in the 80s it's going to be a very different team dynamic just because of the members that you have and i'm wondering how well this title is going to do just because it's kind of a very strange team if you ask me like i'm not entirely sure how gwenpool meets any of these people <laughs> Yeah, I'm very curious about that as well. I wonder if it'll be kind of like the beginning of this comic where they just kind of throw everything together, but with the other characters a little more established, it feels like there kind of needs to be that, uh, you know, background information. Yeah, and we actually have to wait until August before we get to pick this up. But Scott, I know you and I are always reading stuff on marvel unlimited so we'll probably have plenty of other comic book issues between now and august so i just want to thank you so much for coming on to quickly talk about this story arc here because i i know when we're only talking about a handful of issues unless we go very in-depth on every single panel or each issue in itself you know these episodes aren't going to be quite as long but any last minute words you want to get in on it I don't know, just keep breaking them fourth walls. <laughs> and if you haven't read this story arc in particular and you are still listening to this for some reason, definitely check it out. You know, if you don't want to go find a comic book store, you don't have one near you, you can always find deals on Marvel Unlimited where you get, you know, like a month for the first month for $5 or sometimes you can even get a free first month depending on you know what promo codes they have going on I know whenever there's a Marvel movie coming out it seems like Marvel Unlimited has some sort of promo code so whether it was Black Panther Infinity War or even Ant-Man and the Wasp coming up you, you should be able to find some sort of deal on Marvel Unlimited here you know unofficial sponsor of the podcast clearly <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And even if you don't have the time to catch up on all the first 15 issues, I feel like this is a great place to kind of jump in, even if you don't, as long as you kind of know what the character is about, you know, this is really a, a good jumping off point. Yeah, exactly. Plus, there's always Amazon, you know, we will have a link to this particular trade. And like I said, 
Justin maybe design will have a link to his stuff in the show notes as well and I just want to thank him for sponsoring this episode and again thank you Scott for coming on to talk about this thank you of course and as always to our listeners thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day